0: Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news and your views.
1: Thanks, Alan, for having me in. It's great to be in here. Thanks.
0: I'm fascinated by this. So first off, as I said, there's a, the wolf tones of a song, Paddle Your Own Canoe. Yeah, yeah. But I, little did I realise, I was going to be speaking to a guest who's actually not just paddled the canoe, but built the canoe. Yeah. Can you take me back to where all this started and why you decided to do it? And then we talk about the canoe itself.
1: Okay, well... Why do this? <laughs> Why do this crazy thing? Well, um, it it just it started after uh, I just went out for a day's kayaking with friends on the Barrow. And uh, I enjoyed it so much, um, I came back home and started looking up maps as to where I could go next and it just all led from there. Um, it was winter time and um, I n- not a whole much else to do so I said, wouldn't it be great to try and build my own canoe? Um, it was a wooden canoe I chose to build and um, it was a lovely way to spend the winter months January, February, March and by springtime I had a canoe ready to put in the water.
0: And had you ever done anything like this before?
1: Definitely not. No. 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 I
0: had you wood wood carving experience? I,
1: I, you know, I, I, could saw a plank of wood. You know, I could, yeah. I could put up a shelf. You know, if if, if push came to shove. But um, uh, no, I mean the 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 plans promised that. Um, anyone could build this canoe. You didn't have to have any woodworking experience or boat building experience. Right. Um, so, yeah, I just took it one step at a time. I followed each each uh, step by step and lo and behold, it all came together.
0: It, to me, if you pardon the pun, sounds like a, a voyage of discovery for you. Uh, at this point, in, of course, we were slap bang in the middle of the pandemic or was it before the pandemic? It was just before the pandemic. Just before yeah, it? Yeah. So did you manage to get all this done before the pandemic or during the pandemic, I
1: got I got about half of it done. Yeah, and I mean, um, yeah. Then the pandemic came and there was a bit of a hiatus. All right, uh,
0: and then you went back and, and completed, then f-
1: finished the last bit. Yeah, I couldn't wait to get back on the water. Yeah. yeah,
0: all right. Purely on your own, did you get support from anyone to help you make the canoe?
1: Definitely, the building I did all by myself. Um, it was very simple tools. You know, I, I didn't need any any complicated machinery. Just a hand saw. It was all hand tools. So, um, you know, very. It was quite. Quite, it turned out to be quite a simple project. Um, you know, just logically follow the steps. Yeah.
0: And What does the canoe look like? Is Is it like the way it's illustrated on the book here? Is that it?
1: Definitely yes. Yeah. yeah. She, she's um, she's about twelve feet long. She's an open canoe, so I was able to put in all my camping, you know, um, equipment and whatnot right. into it. Um, yeah so she's very kind of traditional looking I suppose um, yeah. with kind of planking it's called lap strike planking um, that's, the, that's the kind of uh, boating terminology um, for constructing
0: a canoe so eventually you had it complete the next phase There, or the next stage was where do I start and where do I go and where do I finish so where did you start and when did you start
1: well, I started at the very top of Ireland, up on um, the River Urn, which is in County Fermanagh. Um, and it was a really spectacular river up there. It's big kind of locks, lock urn, upper and lower. And uh, I started up there. It was kind of early summer. It was really beautiful weather. Everything, everything was perfect. And, um, and I followed a whole network of rivers and canals, um, yeah. which I discovered flow through Ireland. They were all interlinked, which I found quite fascinating. So I yeah. never needed to go near a roadway. Um, right. I was away from cars all the time, just travelling by did you water. Eat? How did you live on? Yeah, I mean, I camped pretty much the whole way, so I just took basic provisions on your own, Gwen. Oh. Mostly on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had I had help um, coming down the River Barrow and on the Grand Canal because those uh, two waterways have locks on them. So yeah. um, I'd need to carry the canoe around each lock that I met, and that was about 40, 50 locks in total. So I needed help, and I, I got a and you know, friends. Moser. It was all. Yeah, yeah, it's surprising. I mean, I would cover about 20 to 25 kilometers a day just by, you know, arm power, yeah.
0: (laughs) What had you been doing? By I mean, what was your life's work before you started doing this? What did you step away from to do this?
1: Um, I'm I'm an artist. Um, that's my my day job. I've been a, a full time professional artist for nearly twenty years. Yeah. And um, at the time, um, I had kind of developed a, an, an injury called repetitive strain injury um, from doing sculpture with metal. Metal sculpture was quite physically demanding and I was told to take a rest and um, I was twiddling my thumbs and that's when I decided to
0: have right. a go. I have a copy of the book here to the Waters and the Wild that you're very going to kindly uh, uh, autograph for us. Um, so just text in please. Waters and the Wild to me please now. Where is this book published as a matter of interest?
1: It's, uh, it's published by Marion Press and um, they're based in Kildare and um, yeah, so it's an Irish publisher and they've been yeah. tremendously uh, supportive and, and helpful.
0: The foreword to it says, or the press release says, from wild camping on deserted islands to drifting on lakes in the company of restless lapwings, it invites the reader to share an intense engagement with the natural world. Can you share some of that with us now? Yeah. Um, I mean, what were the highlights for you on this?
1: Well, I I mean, it it was extraordinary because, I mean, I think it's just with a canoe, you're very low down in the water, so, and you've no engine noise, so... Um, wildlife do- doesn't get intimidated by your presence so I was able to kind of creep up on um, a lot of wildlife and have really um, really close encounters with, with amazing bird life and otters and um, pike and great crested grebes, curlew so I was meeting you know an incredible diversity of species which you don't normally get to meet you know in parkland of
0: did some creative thoughts come into your mind about when you finish this repetitive strain injury and get over it and get back to what you do as your day job, that you'll put some of this into your creative process?
1: Definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the book is illustrated throughout with my own printmaking um, through lino and woodcuts. So that was kind of a, it, it was less less arduous on my, my wrist, I suppose, which was suffering from, from that injury right uh,
0: chapter 2 is wayfinding chapter 3 is castaway which leads yeah. me to ask you what is all this about
1: <laughs> well i mean it's always been a, a i suppose a, a dream or a, or an interest of mine to be um cast away on a deserted island and uh, <clears throat> and i i made that dream come true I, you know i it wasn't that um that adventurous it was it was a nice little island on locker and um and I was I was very safe on it. I had all my own water and food and provisions, so I was quite safe on it.
0: <laughs> Any little accidents along the way? Waterlogged is another chapter in the book.
1: Waterlogged, yes. Well, I, I did unfortunately capsize. Um, I tried to avoid that happening, but it it did happen, and um, I suppose that was the most exciting and um, yeah, and shocking incident. <laughs> but otherwise, it was it was fairly stress free.
0: Your own uh, prints are worth talking about. would you like to describe some of them for us within the book because does uh, this, this is your own artwork isn't it?
1: it is yes yeah um, they are they are lino and woodcuts and um i suppose they're they're mostly of the the wildlife I encountered, so I've got pictures of um um, hen harriers and uh, kingfishers and yeah it, it was just an, another way of um, communicating to people you know the beauty of, of the waterways and what you can encounter there.
0: So you slept under <coughs> the stars then? Through honey, sure just, did. yeah, yeah. In, yeah, in the open air yeah. Were you frightened at any stage uh, along the way? Were there any scary moments?
1: Yeah, you know, to be honest, I, I didn't relish camping on my own I, as a female solo. I, it wasn't something I really relished. And I did try and, you know, if I was camping in an evening, I'd try and find some company, other campers or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I had to try. I, you can't let those fears conquer you and carry you into doing nothing. Yeah. So yeah.
0: So I mean, it was uh, the trials and tranquillities. You've talked a few uh, about the trials. The tranquillity aspect of it fascinates me. Yeah. Just yeah. how tranquil was it for you when it was just you, your yeah. canoe, and the wild, really? Well,
1: it's it's incredible, and you know, everyone says that when when you're near water or on water, it's it's a really therapeutic experience, and you know, I, I can wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, I could head out onto the water and I could be in a bad mood, grumpy and grouchy and giving out. And within half an hour, you know, my, my, I'd be sitting straighter and my shoulders would be back and I'd be grinning from ear to ear. So it just yeah. would have this amazing um, restorative and regenerative effect on me. And I think other people experience that. If I bring friends out with me, they all have the same feeling.
0: There's an aspect of this to round off our conversation with you for the moment and I, I hope you, you you do it again because I have a funny feeling that your pioneering spirit is not over yet. It says you shine a light on pioneering women who've left their mark in Ireland's landscape, both natural and cultural. How do you do this and who are these women?
1: Yeah, well, I, I suppose, I, I mean, I, I was always looking for role models and people that would inspire my journey. And um, you know, when I was researching the book, um I just I found a host of extraordinary women from um you know, from history and, and from present day who are, you know, really contributing to our cultural heritage. Right. And you know, they're women from um, environmental backgrounds, scientific backgrounds.
0: Anyone specifically stand out for you then?
1: Um one of my favourites was um uh, Jane W. Shackleton, and she would be related to Ernest Shackleton, the explorer, Really? Yeah. and she was a photographer in the 1890s, and um, she took off exploring the waterways, the River Barrow, the Grand Canal, and the Shannon, with a huge wooden camera, and she documented Irish um, society and what was unfolding in the countryside at the time. And she, I thought her work was really remarkable contribution to Irish history.
0: Southeast Radio's morning mix: chat, news, and your view. Alan Corcoran.